Hello, podcast listeners. This is your host for Foundman Shevsky, and this is another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit, my car vlog podcast thing that I do. And, you know, I'm going to be another person saying it. Fucking coronavirus. Shit is getting out of hand. Shit's getting crazy. People are getting crazy. Um, if you guys are sick of hearing about it, I've made the decision to post more photos of my cute dog, Misty, as she sleeps on my bed and to lighten things up because scrolling through Facebook to update myself on what the hell's going on in the world has been super depressing and I follow multiple different um, pet fan pages and every time every time can't even speak every time I see a dog video cat video whatever it is lines up my day so I'm gonna contribute and cut the negative out on social by posting photos of Misty so Shoutouts to start off. Um, I looked ahead. Number one city is Chicago out in the States. Shout out to everyone in Chicago listening to my show. That's super cool. Um, and number two is Riverside. Man, I can't speak today. Riverside in California. And number three, where I reside, Langley, British Columbia. Shout out to all my top three cities. You guys are amazing. Thank you for the support. Today, I did not plan what I was going to say, but that's no different than any other episode. But I want to address one of my posts that I put up, I think yesterday, the day before, I can't remember anyway. Um, an example of intermittent fasting. Like, I honestly thought I covered this topic, but actually, you know what? I'm going to take a step back further. When I went to San Fran, chatting with my Lyft driver um, he was struggling with weight loss and we had a good conversation for a good like 30 minutes about um, his ideas my ideas when it comes to sustainable weight loss and he was under the impression that the best way to do it is if you created a gym environment where someone would sign up for like four to six months at a time where you completely isolate them and make them train without any kind of outside influence. You tell them what to eat and I'm like, this kind of sounds to me like you're describing the biggest loser. And I honestly thought like we all know that show like weight loss shows in general are not the best um, representation of what successful, you know, weight loss looks like. And if you look at majority of those contestants on these shows, they end up uh, gaining all the weight that they lost. They end up with some weird medical issues. They end up with, um, you know, some stress fractures or some other kind of crap going on with their body because of the extreme nature of the show and to me I was like man like I thought we have been doing a good enough job to reach you know people 
at least in North America, what you know real weight loss looks like. And I guess, and this is why I do this show, like I need to reach more people. I need to constantly feed into this platform to let everyone know that those extremes never end up this, the way that you want them. You know, if you look at those shows, they only film the stuff that people want to see. They want to see the struggle. They want to see the success. And then over time, I guess people just assume that, hey, I need to do something that extreme to actually see success. But long story short, they usually don't work that way. So... I find myself constantly repeating a lot of the topics that I brought up over and over and over again. But, you know, I think people just need to constantly hear it. And eventually they will pick up on the notion that hard work over a long period of time is the actual way of, you know, seeing the success they want. Now, going back to my original point, I did a post on intermittent fasting, and someone asked me about uh, this whole idea that they're under the impression that breakfast boosts their metabolism. And all of a sudden, like I had a beer can in here. <laughs> um, and to elaborate on that point, you know, there's no best way to boost your metabolism you know what I'm going to take that back there is a way to boost your metabolism it's by getting your body on a regular schedule of eating sleeping and training your body absolutely loves a routine it loves being in homeostasis it loves running on a familiar schedule a familiar environment like just think about how when you travel, you're outside of your element, your body thinks it's under stress. Like that's why travel is so stressful, right? Um, if you, out of nowhere, start sleeping for eight hours every single night, no matter what, your body's going to love you. Your body is going to boost its metabolism by, uh, by that and help regulate your hormones. If you start eating every single day around the same times with good and nutritious food, with high protein and lots of vegetables and healthy fats and all the colors of the rainbow of food choices, your body's metabolism is going to boost in that sense. If you start exercising regularly, your metabolism is going to boost from that end too. So there's no like definite. Like, so when I hear um, statements like, hey, I heard that if you start your day with a breakfast, it's going to boost your metabolism and get you going, right? Maybe, but there's a lot of people out there in the world that eat breakfast every day and they have trouble losing weight, you know? and this whole idea of fasting, people also get kind of scared to like, oh my God, I'm not going to eat. And I'm like, the, the first thing I always tell people, like hunger, if you really think about what hunger is, it's cue to your body. It's a signal, right? The moment you get a hunger cue, 
all you say to yourself is like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I should probably go eat. Right? But this idea that I introduced that, hey, you know, you could, if you really want to, um, fast in the morning and not eat until the afternoon, people go into this panic mode. Like, hunger is not an emergency. You know? It's just like when you need to pee a little bit, you're like, oh, shit, I need to go to the bathroom. But you're not in, like, emergency mode. Like, holy shit, I'm going to piss my pants. You can hold it for a little while. You could probably hold it for another hour before you're like, okay, I really need to go. Right? Hunger's the same way. You're not going to... Um, what's the word? Like, die of hunger the moment you get that first cue of hunger. And most of the time when I teach people how to do intermittent fasting... Um, I tell them to set a timer. The moment they get that first hunger cue in the morning, like the first day of intermittent fasting, is a kind of like trial run. So I tell people, wake up in the morning, don't eat anything, have water, have your coffee, just make sure there's no milk, sugar, cream, or anything like that in your coffee, just drink it black. Go upon your, about your day, and the moment your first hunger cue hits, states like, 9.27 in the morning. Hit a timer for 20 minutes and see if you still have that hunger cue. Most likely you won't have that hunger cue. And that's that first barrier when people are like, oh, okay, so when I get that first hunger cue, I know I have 20 minutes, that's not bad, I can still eat and I won't die of hunger. Right? Like your bodies can, our bodies can do a lot that you don't even think about. Like, they can go to extreme lengths. So being hungry for 20 minutes is not going to kill you. But most of the time, when you set that timer and it goes off in 20 minutes, you're not that hungry. Like, you'd be surprised. So then people get through that barrier and are like, oh, my God, like, this wasn't as bad as I thought. So this whole idea of intermittent fasting is not that um, scary to them. But if you look at the research of fasting, there's some really interesting stuff to the point that it helps regulate your insulin levels a little bit better than eating your traditional, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with snacks in between. But that being said, you could probably find research on the other end of the spectrum where you eat three meals a day, including breakfast, and they're balanced meals and everything like that, and your insulin levels are pretty good, right? So fasting's kind of been this in the back of your mind type of thing for years. Like I personally do intermittent fasting every single day. Like today, I woke up and had my first meal at 12 o'clock and all I drank before then was um, water and coffee and that's it. So this idea of key phrases, key words that you hear in the industry, especially in the nutrition industry, like breakfast boosts your metabolism, it might not be entirely true, right? Like, go down the rabbit hole of finding these research studies. And the reason why, too, that um, nutrition on a whole is so controversial, uh, controversial is... It's such a young industry. So, for example, take the industry of physics, 
it's been around for probably 3,000 years and there's like definite rules to the laws of physics like you can't argue with the laws of physics right now there's new theories being explained all the time but sometimes those theories end up being you know like oh well we proved you wrong so there it is right now with nutrition there is no absolutes all we really know is that eating protein um with lots of vegetables and um where am i going this uh eating protein lots of vegetables and you know sleeping enough being active enough and eating different kinds of foods and things like that are really, really, really good for your body. And if you don't eat in excess, you won't gain weight. Like that's what we really, really know. And then there are pockets of the industry where they get a little more specific to um, whatever goals you can think of, right? That's why there's always new research coming out, but sometimes that research is not definite because if you actually go into say that example of like breakfast boosts your metabolism it might have been a study done on 14 people that were aged 60 to 65 that have never exercised and their current diet was so-so and then adding them onto a three meal a day um, eating plan or a balanced meal to prove that breakfast was important you can't say that that's completely true because say you do another um, study but maybe you have a hundred people maybe a thousand people and you took them through this to see if they would actually work like there's so many variables to um these research studies and like you also have to see who's funding them right like you can find a breakfast company that sells like breakfast sausages or whatever the hell they're selling and they funded the research to basically push them forward to make their point right it's really hard of the industry where you have these studies that people refer to but when you actually look through all the smoke and mirrors it's very biased, you know? So people need to stay educated what works and what doesn't. And this is where if you have a coach that stays on top of it, it's really beneficial to you so you don't have to go down this route. Like for God's sakes, people are still doing the Bernstein diet where they're on like 800 calories and getting B shots just to freaking get by and they end up losing a lot of their muscle mass and fat mass. And then they go back to normal eating and they gain it all back with more fat mass. Like. We, as coaches, true fitness professionals, need to learn how to sift through all the shit out there. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for listening. Add me on Facebook. Hit the show notes. Add me on Instagram. And newest link that I put in the show notes is my YouTube channel. Definitely hit that up because I have a lot, I mean like a lot of videos. Um to, you know, help you get to your goals and everything. So 
hit that up, add me. Love you guys. Thank you for the support. You guys are amazing. See ya.